This is What Book Hooked You. I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. On this episode 132, I have Amy Fan on, whose debut, Stronger Than a Bronze Dragon, comes out from Page Street Books on June the 11th. And in this conversation, uh, Amy really gets into uh, her love of fantasy, her love of fairy tale, and how that all sort of got rolled in and influenced her book, Stronger Than a Bronze Dragon. So listen in. So Mary, what book hooked you? You know, the one that I keep thinking of is Gone with the Wind. And I know it's a book that has lots of problems. Um, I know it's a book that, historically speaking, is very problematic. But what hooked me about it was I first read it when I was about 10. And that was the first time I'd ever seen a protagonist who was first a girl, then a grown woman, although I guess 16 in the 1800s was considered a grown woman. It was the first time I'd seen a female character who was the main character and who wasn't likable. Like, not at all. Like, she was arrogant. She could be mean, but she was also very strong in her own way. And her primary arc throughout that whole thing was not a redemption arc. It was about survival. And something about that just spoke to me. I think it's because so many of the books I read had these um, characters who tended to be in one way or another, kind of a little perfect. Mm-hmm. Even even in kids' books where they tried to be like, oh, you know, such and such was a precocious child, but they were also, you know, a super genius or somehow just didn't have any flaws. Or if they had some flaw, the whole story was about them overcoming that flaw, somehow getting rid of that flaw, changing themselves entirely, and sort of, I don't know, it almost seemed like they were regressing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you'd have a character start out as, you know, very wild and free but like you know causing problems for other people and then toward the end the arc would be okay they sort of calm down they tamed themselves and I mean I was a pretty precocious child myself so I feel like those books always felt like they were lecturing me and so when I read Gone with the Wind at age 10 I was like huh you know what Scarlet never stops being Scarlet like you know she gets in and out of trouble and a lot of her behavior is you know not fantastic but I kind of like that she was allowed to just be herself. So you just mentioned that you read this at 10. So what was 10-year-old Mary like that she came upon? <laughs> what, you know, what can be considered an older book? You know, most people have seen the movie but haven't read the book. What were you like? What was your reading life like during this time? Oh, I was a real smart aleck. Um, <laughs> think Hermione in the very first Harry Potter book. Like, Sorry. you know, that little girl with a book that was bigger than she was, you know, lugging it all around school. You know, all the other kids being like, oh, my God, what are you doing with that, like, grown-up book? And me being like, shush, I like it. That's great. And so were there a certain type of book that you were kind of into that you were always sort of gravitating towards, a genre or a topic that seemed to really uh, be the ones that you would always sort of track down? Or were you really kind of open for anything? Um, I think I was pretty open for anything, like, as a little kid. Um, you know, a lot of little kid books tend to be mysteries and fantasies, and I read a lot of those. I liked the ones that had, you know, a lot of plot to them, a lot of things going on, like, you know, like, I love the Boxcar Children books because, you know, it was always the kids going off and trying to, like, solve a mystery or catch a bad guy. Um, I like the Magic Treehouse books because they got to travel through time. And then when I was in, like, later middle school, like, maybe seventh grade or so, I discovered the sci-fi shelf, 
And I kind of got drawn into sci-fi and read a lot of the old school, you know, Jack Williamson, Frederick Pohl's type stuff from the mid-century. And that really hooked me. And so because you were reading so much, were you also then uh, kind of driven to create your own uh, stories in, in whatever fashion they may have been? Oh, yeah. Um, ever since I was like able to pick up a pencil, I'm sure every writer says this, but you know, you love stories, um, you know, you love creating them as much as you love consuming them, you want to live them. Um, I remember being um, like in probably like even first or second grade, we'd get these like little writing assignments, and I'd always be the one who went overboard. Like, you know, the teacher would just say, okay, just write, you know, a paragraph about, you know, whatever. And I was the kid who turned in like, you know, a fully stapled construction paper book, quote unquote, because I wanted to make books. And so then as you ended up in your YA years, uh, you know, high school and, and everything that comes with it, was reading as important? And if so, what type of books uh, were important to you? What do you really remember from that time? It was interesting because I feel like my reading kind of fell off when I got to high school because there was so much assigned reading. Sure. And I did enjoy the classics a lot. In fact, I sought them out um, before you know they were assigned to me because of the Wishbone TV series from the 90s. Mm -hmm. sure. You know, I loved watching the adventures of that little dog, like imagining himself as classical you know, novel characters. And I seek out the classic novels Pretty sure that's kind of how I came across Gone with the Wind because I kind of went through a phase around like early middle school when I'd seek out all these, you know, big grown up books and I felt so smart and I loved them. Um, and I still liked reading them when I was in high school, but because there were so many assigned to me that I didn't get to really pick and choose what I wanted to read, I read what the teacher told me to read. And then by the time I was done like dissecting it for whatever homework assignment or essay I had to write, I was just tired. And so, like, suddenly reading didn't feel fun anymore. Mm. So I didn't read that much in high school, actually, not as much as I feel like I did before and after. So at then, at what point in your life did you really, I'll say, come back to books? And, and reading, uh, had, you, had, you were more motivated to read, uh, enthusiastic to read, and maybe what were those books that uh, brought on that enthusiasm? Um, I think it was after college that I really like got back into that sort of book devouring mode that I was at as a kid. Because even in college, there was just so much assigned reading that, you know, you spend all day reading sure. these assigned articles and right. textbooks and whatnot that your brain gets tired, your eyes get tired, and you just want to turn your mind off and watch TV. But after college, I kind of got back into it um, because, you know, I had a lot of free time on my head now that I wasn't reading all these assigned readings. And I don't recall exactly what it was that drew me back in, but I do remember I was reading a lot more um, contemporary genre fiction than I was before, like books that had been published within the past, like, you know, year, five years, as opposed to, you know, the past century. And that's really what I've been reading ever since. Um, a lot of YA, a lot of, you know, sci-fi and fantasy. Every so often I'll throw a contemporary in there just to mix it up. And so then... What, how, in the timeline of all of this, uh, when did the idea of wanting to create your own stories uh, fall in? Um, I've always made up stories in my head. The first time I remember actually sitting down to write like an actual novel, I was in 
believe seventh grade. Um, I this was right after I discovered you know the sci-fi shelf at the library and it can, like just devoured all these you know space adventures, time mm-hmm. travel adventures. And I was like, this is so cool. I want to write my own space adventure. So being the nerd that I was, I did. I opened my laptop and. Actually, this was 2000, so not everybody had a laptop, but Mm -hmm. my dad was a professor, and I got all his hand-me-down tech. Mm -hmm. I opened up a Word doc, and I wrote something like 90,000 words of Star Trek fanfic, Mm -hmm. except I didn't call it Star Trek fanfic. They had their their own characters, but looking back, it was Star Trek fanfic. Hmm. And so, you know, that was kind of your initial kind of dabbling into uh, writing. So you go to college, uh, high school. It kind of maybe falls away. So when is it that Mary gets the idea that uh, you want to create uh, your own stories kind of to be, you know, a published author? Um, That was about a year out of college. It was actually my friend who got me into it. She had um, taken creative writing at college and, you know, she liked having the workshop support group and then that went away after we graduated and she was IMing me one day, you know, telling me how much she missed it and how much she wished she had a writing group. And I was like, well, I'll be your writing group. Like, why not? You know, it sounds like fun. I used to write when I was a kid. Like, it could be just something fun to do after work, especially since I was living in a new city and didn't really know anyone and had a lot of free time on my hands. And so it started off with just the two of us swapping chapters. Like, she'd send me a chapter and I'd be like, I need to know what happens next. Like, you know, write more. And she'd be like, only after you write yours. I was like, okay. So we both kind of wrote our novels at the same time and then she was like I want to get published and I was like wow you know what me too and so do you think it sounds uh, pretty much like that support that you had that kind of community just between you and your friend is really uh, what drove you and do you feel that if it wasn't for her would you have ever maybe found your way uh, to writing these books and being an author Um, I would say Definitely the support I had there is the reason I got into it um, in my current timeline. And thinking about an alternative timeline where I didn't have that support, I think I would have come back to it eventually, but it might have taken a lot longer. And I also might not have stuck with it as long as I did. Because it really helped having someone just to you know bounce ideas off of, someone to encourage you when you're feeling down, especially once those inevitable rejections start rolling in. Right. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I think if I hadn't had... Her and then, like, I also found like a community of authors online through you know author forums. Like, if I hadn't had them, I might have just given up very early on in the process, just because it's so it's so much hard work for so little reward at first. And so, you have published uh, other you know stories, trilogies, tales. Uh, they're all in some way, either sci-fi, uh, supernatural, however you would want to uh, kind of categorize them. And is was that sort of always sort of what you've been drawn to uh, when it comes to your own writing back, you know, way back during the Star Trek fanfic until, until now these uh, world building or just uh, supernatural uh, elements within the stories that you wanted to tell? Yes, definitely. Um, I have always enjoyed, you know, reading and watching these kinds of stories. And while I do like contemporary as well as like a a consumer of it, I've never really felt any desire to write in that world. I think it's because I live in that world. Like I live in modern day times with 
cell phones and whatever normal things we go through. And so when I sat down to write, I want to imagine something bigger. I want to see like, you know, how far I can take these ridiculous ideas in my head and you know, spin them into something new. So that's why I've always been drawn to sci-fi fantasy. And so your newest book uh, that's coming out from Page Street on June 11th is Stronger Than a Bronze Dragon. Uh, so let's begin talking about that. And first off, t- give me sort of the summary of what the book's about. Sure. So it takes place in this fantasy world that's inspired by Qing Dynasty China. And it's about this uh, girl who lives in a small village. It's a very remote, middle-of-nowhere village that, you know, it's kind of off the map, like nobody really knows it's there. It's under attack by these shadow demons that no one knows where they're coming from or why they attack or what they're even doing here. It's just they attack the village, and she's been trained as a guard. And she actually witnessed um, her father being murdered by one of these creatures when she was very young. And so she's also, like, so she wants to protect her village, but she also wants to get revenge. Like, she remembers a very specific demon that killed her father, and she wants to get it. Um, Then one day, this powerful viceroy comes to town with his, you know, armies and is like, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you protection, but only if you'll uh, give, give me this sacred pearl that your village has that can only be removed from the village if everyone in the village consents. And the village leader is like, okay, well, that seems like a good deal, except I want some sort of guarantee. So as a guarantee, you have to marry one of our village girls. And so the main character is chosen to be the bride, and she is not happy about this at all, but she agrees to it for the sake of her village. But the day before she's going to get married, the pearl is stolen. And she knows that, you know, without the pearl, he's not going to marry her and protect her village. And so she goes after the thief herself and ends up on this wild adventure. So when you were first kind of thinking about this book, had the idea, what was that uh, initial spark that set you off uh, to write this? Um, The initial idea was that I wanted to write about an unhappy Cinderella. Hmm. You know, the classic tale is about, you know, this poor girl in the kingdom and she is chosen by royalty lifted up out of poverty and becomes royalty herself. And that sounds like a lovely fairy tale, and I did love that story. I love retellings of it. But I was like, you know what? What if she wasn't so happy about this? You know, what if she was chosen against her will and sort of had to leave behind everything she knew and was forced into a position that is very could be very powerful or could be a gilded cage? Like, what would happen then? So that's where the idea came from. And then it evolved into something wildly different from the fairy tale retelling I first had in mind, but that's where it started. And are there books or movies, television, comics, whatever the case may be, that if you hadn't been exposed to them or you think you just uh, got some sort of inspiration or were inspired uh, that in some way – this book maybe tips their hat to them or uh, stands on the shoulders or wouldn't exist if it wasn't for, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, something else that's already out there that maybe inspired you? Um, I can think of a couple. Um, you know, being a child of the 90s, I love Disney movies. So anyone who loves those 90s Disney movies will recognize the influences of Aladdin and Mulan specifically mm-hmm. um, in The Warrior Girl and the mischievous thief. And also there's this Chinese drama I used to watch with my parents when I was a teenager. It's called My Fair Princess. 
the premise is that there is this um, street performer urchin girl who is mistaken for the emperor's long-lost daughter and is taken into the palace and is kind of a funny fish-out-of-water tale. And that has always been in the back of my mind. And even though the book I wrote has like, looks nothing like that comedic historical drama, I think you could definitely see like influences there if you looked. And so when you go about writing uh, these stories uh, that are going to be sci-fi or they're going to be supernatural, there's going to be something otherworldly in them, do you do the planning you know, kind of on the front end of it or do you have to sort of start writing the stories, sort of explore the characters in the setting in order to kind of figure out uh, the magic or the science or you know the sci-fi elements and how they kind of operate and the rules around them? Um, I always do the world-building part ahead of time. That's usually one of the first things I think of when I'm brainstorming before I even have a plot or characters. I'm, I mean, usually what kicks off the brainstorming process for me is that I have some kind of idea about a fantastical world that I'd like to create. And so I usually plot out, you know, okay, these are the rules of the magic or the science or what have you, and then kind of build out from there. But even as I say that, when I'm actually writing, sometimes I will think of something before I start writing, but then as I'm actually, you know, further along the process, realize it won't work. Mm-hmm. So it's an, it's an evolving process. Mm. And so when it came to... You know, this story in particular, Stronger Than a Bronze Dragon, was there a certain element you're able to talk about where something like that may have happened, where you had to kind of rethink the magic or rethink uh, the creature or just the world in general? There is, but it would be a spoiler, okay. so I'm not going to talk about it. No worries. No worries. And so when writing kind of sci-fi uh stories what so much can be put in to building the world to building uh the certain kind of fantastical elements uh what do you do to kind of make sure that you're not also overlooking uh character building and making sure that your characters have some sort of depth and personality to them uh, well for me when i when i'm brainstorming it starts with the world but when it i'm writing it really starts with the character, because every story is about someone, mm. whether that someone you know lives in a world that looks like yours or not. And writing from a very close perspective definitely helps with that. Um, I guess it's a little bit like method acting in that mm. you know you mm. try to actually become your character as you're going through the process. Um, in the case of Stronger Than a Bronze Dragon, it is written in first person, which definitely helps because you are literally telling the story through their eyes. But even when I write in third person, I try to keep it very close because I think that's what books do best is that Mm -hmm. they show the inner lives of the character. Um, That's something that no other medium quite is able to convey as well. And when you were in the process of writing, uh, whether this story or any of the other ones, do you, are you selective with what you'll read at the same time as a, so for example, uh, with Stronger Than a Bronze Dragon, are you going to kind of stay away from other books that might have a lot of steampunk and other elements that might be close to what you're writing about so that you're not too influenced? Or do you do just the opposite and want to know 
how other people may have handled uh, similar uh, situations, sim- similar elements, similar magic, and so on? Um, honestly, it depends on my mood. Sometimes, you know, I want, like, I'm just, like, so eager to dive into this world that I start reading a lot of stuff that reminds me of what I want to create, both for inspiration and so I can just, you know, hang out in other people's worlds that, you know, involve less work, but, you know, might still come in handy sometime. Um, And other times I'm like, you know what, I don't want to be influenced, so I'm going to stay away from this. So I know that's not a very good answer, but it's it's either or depending on my mood. And you think there's a writer that kind of usually blows you away with uh, how they're able to world build and, you know, tell stories within these uh, created uh, lands? Um, There are a lot, like so many that I feel bad because if I start (laughs) naming them, I'm definitely going to miss some. But one that sticks out because I read it relatively recently is um, the Dark Arts series by David Mack. It's... um, alternative history or I guess technically secret history about supernatural powers like people with supernatural powers during during World War II and during the Cold War and I think there's a third one coming out that's taking place in the 80s or something and just the intricacies of the world building in that series like the supernatural um, rules like how the demons work and the systems it all comes together so well that I would swear it's like a like there was an actual textbook out there somewhere that he was referencing and it's all real. Hmm. Great. So a few, we're going to wind down here and I'll ask you a few questions as we do. The first one being, what is your favorite movie that's based on a book? Um, That would be the fellowship of the ring. It's a great movie. And I also think it's um, one of the best examples I've seen of something that manages to capture the essence of a book on screen even if it's not completely faithful in terms of its actual, you know, plot points and some of the characters, et cetera. Like, I think just the feeling of magic you get when you watch that movie is, for me at least, the same as the feeling of magic you get when you read the book. Hmm, that's great. The next question then, is there a book or a series you're willing to admit you've either never read or never finished? Um, I never finished The Chronicles of Narnia. Um, I remember listening to, I think, the teacher talk about the line, the witch in the wardrobe um, in school and checking it out and just not liking it. (laughs) So I never finished. That's great. And then finally, what is the last great book that you've read? Um, That one I can answer because I literally just finished it today and it blew my mind. It's uh, Children of Blood and Bone. Uh It's just amazing, like the world building, the plotting, the characters. I mean, I guess I haven't been away from it long enough to be able to actually articulate my thoughts. I just, my mind was blown. Not a problem. understand. Well, Amy, Stronger Than a Bronze Dragon comes out on June 11th from Page Street Kids. And I wish you and I wish this book all the best. Thank you so much. And that does it for this episode. I want to thank Mary Fan for joining me. Again, her book, Stronger Than a Bronze Dragon, is out on June 11th from Page Street Kids. And I hope you'll check that out. And if you haven't already, please scroll through the feed to check out some of the other great conversations I've had with YA authors. I'm Brock Shelley, and until next time, keep reading.